And good afternoon. You're listening to Ken Hodnell. This is the Ken Hodnell Show. Coming to you from our studios right here in exciting <laughs> El Paso, Texas. Gateway to the Old West and the most haunted city in the country. Well, today's January 12th, 12th day of the year. 353 days remain to the year's over with. And holidays, observances, work harder day, National Pharmacist Day, National Marzipan Day, National Youth Day, National Hot Tea Day, National Curried Chicken Day, Kiss of Ginger Day. National Obesity Awareness Week, Veganary Month, Thyroid Awareness Month, National Slow Cooking Month, Bread Machine Baking Month, National Skating Month, January, Dry January, National Blood Donor Month, Manuary, International Brain Teaser Month, National Clean Up Your Computer Month. National Soup Month, Get Organized Month, International Creativity Month, Celebration of Life Month, National Oatmeal Month, National Be Kind of Food Servers Month, National Hot Tea Month, National Birth Defects Awareness Month, Get a Balanced Life Month, and National Hobby Month. Well, as I said, it's January 12th. On this date in 475, Byzantine Emperor Zeno was forced to flee his capital, Constantinople, and his general, Basilicus, gains control of the empire. Some folks you just can't turn your back on. 1528, Gustav I of Sweden is crowned king of Sweden, who already reigned since his election in June of 1523. 1554, Bayanog, who would go into some of the largest empire in the history of Southeast Asia, is crowned king of Burma. Sixteen sixteen. City of Brazil is founded on the Amazon River Delta by uh, Portuguese captain Francisco de Caldera Castelo Branco. Seventeen ninety two. Federalist Tom Pickney appointed first U.S. minister to Britain. 1808, John Rennie's scheme to defend St. Mary's Church, Recover, founded in 669 from coastal erosion, is abandoned in favor of demolition. Despite the church being an exemplar of Anglo-Saxon architecture and sculpture. 1808, organizational meeting leading to the creation of the Wernerian National History Society and former Scottish Learned Societies held in Edinburgh. 1848, the Palermo Rising takes place in Sicily against, Sicily against the Bourbon Kingdom of the Two Sicilies. The, uh, for those that are not familiar with the Palermo Rising, uh, it occurred in a year with numerous revolutions and popular revolts. But in 1848, it was the first of the numerous revolutions that occurred that year. Revolution, three revolutions against Bourbon rule had previously occurred on the island of Sicily starting in the year 1800. This final one resulted in an independent state, uh, the so-called uh, Kingdom of Sicily, which survived for 16 months. The constitution that survived the 16 months was quite advanced for its time in liberal democratic terms, proposed a unified Italian confederation of states. It was, in effect, a curtain raiser to the end of the Bourbon Kingdom of the Two Sicilies that was started by Giuseppe Garibaldi's expedition of the Thousand in 1860, and it ended with the siege of Gaeta of 1860 and 61, with the proclamation of the Unified Kingdom of Sicily. eighteen sixty six, the Royal Aeronautical Society is formed in London. 1872, Johannes IV is crowned Emperor of Ethiopia in Axum, 
First imperial coronation in that city in over 200 years. Well, in 1895, the National Trust is founded in the UK. It's a charity and membership organization for heritage conservation in England, Wales, and Northern Ireland. In Scotland, there's a separate independent National Trust of Scotland. Well, it was founded in 1895. As I said... 1911, University of Philippines College of Laws formally established three future Philippine presidents are among the first enrollees. 1915, United States House of Representatives rejects a proposal to require states to give women the right to vote. 1916, both Oswald Bolecki and Max Immelman are for achieving eight aerial victories each over Allied aircraft get the German Empire's highest military award. The Pearl and Marie is a First German aviators to earn it. In 1918, the Mini Pit disaster coal mining accident occurs in Halmer End in Staffordshire. 155 men and boys die in uh, the Mini Pit disaster. Uh, the disaster was caused by an explosion due to fire damp. It's the worst ever recorded in the North Staffordshire coal field. Official investigation never established what caused the ignition of flammable, flammable gases in the pit. They just knew it happened. 1932, Hattie Carraway becomes the first woman elected to the U.S. Senate. 1942, World War II, President Franklin D. Roosevelt creates the National War Labor uh, Board. 1945, World War II, the Red Army begins the Vistula Older uh, Offensive against the Germans. 1955, the Martin 2-0-2 and Douglas DC-3 collide over Boone County, Kentucky, kill 15 people. 1962, Vietnam War, Operation Chopper, the first American combat mission in the war, takes place on this date. 1964, rebels in Zanzibar begin a revolt known as the Zanzibar Revolution, and they proclaim a republic. In 1966, Lyndon, I'm going to be King Johnson, states the U.S. should stay in South Vietnam until communist aggression is ended. Uh, 1967, Dr. James Bedford becomes the first person to be chronically preserved with the intent of future resuscitation. 1969, the New York Jets of the American Football League defeat the Baltimore Colts of the National Football League to win Super Bowl III in what's considered to be one of the greatest upsets in sports history. 1970, Biafra capitulates, ending the Nigerian Civil War. 1971, the Harrisburg Seven. Reverend uh, Philip Berrigan and five other activists are indicted on charges of conspiring to kidnap Henry Kissinger and planning to blow up the heating tunnels of federal buildings in Washington, D.C., 1976, the United Nations Security Council votes 11 to 1 to allow the Palestinian Liberation Organization to participate in a Security Council debate. Of course, they were not given any voting rights. 1986, Space Shuttle Program. Congressman and future National Administrator Bill Nelson lives off from Kennedy Space Center aboard Columbia on mission STS-61C. He was uh, designated a payload specialist. 1990, seven-day pogrom breaks out among uh, against the Armenian civilian population in Baku, Azerbaijan, during which the Armenians are beaten and tortured and murdered and expelled from the city. 1991, Persian Civil War. Act of Congress authorizes the use of American military force to drive Iraq out of Kuwait. Now, Iraq was in Kuwait because our ambassador said if if you invade Kuwait, you know, we're not going to get overly upset. 1997 Space Shuttle Program. Atlantis launches from Kennedy Space Center on a mission. STS-81 to the Russian space station Mir. Had astronauts Jerry Linegar for a four-month stay on the board the station and replaced astronaut John Biaha. 1998. 
2019, European nations agreed to forbid human cloning. 2001, Downtown Disney opens to the public as part of the Disneyland Resort in Anaheim, California. 2004, the world's largest ocean liner, the RMS Queen Mary II, makes its maiden voyage. 2005, Deep Impact launches from Cape Canaveral on Delta II rocket. 2006, a stampede during the stoning of the devil ritual on the last day of the Hajj in Mina, Saudi Arabia, kills at least 362 Muslim pilgrims. Now, the stoning of the devil uh, ritual, part of the annual Islamic Hajj pilgrimage to the holy city of Mecca. During the ritual, Muslim pilgrims throw pebbles at three walls, called uh, Janarat, the the city of uh, Mina, just east of Mecca. It's a symbolic reenactment of Ibrahim's uh, Hajj, where he stoned three pillars, representing the shaitan and the Muslim temptation to disobey the will of Allah. 2007, Comet C, 2006 P1. McNaught, one of the brightest comets ever observed, is at its zenith, visible during the day. On this date in 2010, earthquake in Haiti occurs, killing between 220,000 and 300,000 people and destroying much of the capital, Port-au-Prince. 2012, violent protests occur in Bucharest, Romania's two-day-old demonstrations uh, continue against President uh, Trajan Bescescu's economic austerity measures. Clashes are reported in numerous Romanian cities between protesters and law enforcement officers. 2015, government raids kill 143 Boko Haram fighters in Kolofada, uh, Cameroon. Boko Haram, for those who are not familiar with it, uh, known as the Group of the People of Sunnah for Dawah and Jihad, is an Islamist militant organization based in northeastern Nigeria. It's also active in Chad and Niger and northern Cameroon and Mali. It's the world's uh, deadliest terror group during part of the mid-2010s, according to the Global Terror Index. 2016, a glue spread resulting in the emergence of a hostile faction on his Islamic State's West African province. 2016, 10 people are killed, 15 wounded in a bombing near the Blue Mosque in Istanbul. And on this day in 2020, Ta'al Volcano in the Philippines erupts, kills 39 people. Alrighty. Well... I got uh, an email requesting me to uh, talk about somebody I knew, Bill Cooper, or William Cooper, as uh, he went by uh, in his later years, wrote the book, Behold a Pale Horse. He... uh, he had his radio show, same station where I got my start, KRG in Anaheim, California. So when we were on the air, we had a lot of conversations about various topics. We had the uh, the fact we were both veterans uh, in common. Now, in Behold, in Behold a Pale Horse... He um, talked about a lot of things that uh, did not make him very popular. But he was sad he was taking a stand that, frankly, wasn't in the best interest of himself, his family, or anybody else for that matter. But he said he had to say what was true. Now, a lot of things about his life didn't make a lot of sense. In his book, he said on the second attempt by the CIA to silence him, he's run off the road by a black limo, lost his leg. And he was, he did walk with an artificial leg. Of course, in his obituary, it stated he lost his leg in the military. But there's a statement from the FBI that came from the uh, 
somebody, supposedly a family member, that said it was from a motorcycle accident. And uh, he had a truck. So the question has never been satisfactorily answered. But when it comes to convoluted theories, nobody can beat Bill Cooper or William Milton Cooper to give him his full name. 1991, he came out with a book, Behold a Pale Horse. Among the most influential of all super conspiracy books. And uh, while it's full of conspiracy theories about various topics, the main focus is UFOs and uh, the plot to create the so-called New World Order. Well, Bill Cooper was a uh, assigned to naval intelligence. And he claimed that he saw information while he was a briefer that naval intelligence was involved in the assassination of John Kennedy. And his position was the, the shock and repulsion of all this uh, government intrigue shaped his future distrust of the government. Now, he was, in fact, a former U.S. Naval Intelligence officer. Came from Edgar, uh, Eager, Arizona. And he was on the FBI's watch list. Frequently condemned the government for their actions at Waco and Ruby Ridge and a number of other locations. And he claimed... Adamantly, the government was involved in a conspiracy to establish what was called the New World Order. Of course, President George Bush uh, also made the comment we were establishing a New World Order. And then when Oklahoma City took place, he really got on uh, the bandwagon. He claimed uh, the Oklahoma City bombing was a false flag attack by criminal elements within our government. In fact, uh, it's sad the Clinton White House called Bill Cooper the most dangerous radio host in America. Well, according to the story, Deputy Marshall came to Cooper's home to deliver a summons. And Cooper threw him off the property. So a bench warrant was issued for his arrest for not appearing in court on the summons he never got served with. As a result, a surveillance operation was set up. Uh, this FBI surveillance um, led to multiple FBI meetings. Undercover agents posed as journalists, monitors, internet publishing, and as there were testimonies from personal acquaintances and local store owners. There were even aerial photos of his ranch taken. Apache County Sheriff Arthur Lee had an issue with the federal agents uh, that he believed were preparing for a siege on Cooper's home. So Lee was approached and asked if he thought Cooper represented a threat to himself or the community. And his sir said he believed Cooper could live in that community for the next 50 years and never receive a traffic ticket. And he was adamant to the FBI. He didn't want a Ruby Ridge scenario in his community. See, part of the issue is the FBI is one extreme or another. I brought them proof of violation of federal law and they don't care. But if you offend one of their favorite people, they'll send in the SWAT team. 
Now, according to an anonymous tip, some people uh, picnicking on a nearby property were chased away by Bill Cooper, who used a firearm to do it. So based on that, the FBI decided to take action and raid Cooper's home in plain clothes. The story I got was um, deputy pulled up in front of his house, got out, Cooper came out to meet him. Deputy said he was going to arrest him. And according to the deputy, Cooper drew a weapon. The deputy hit the ground. And as he fell, he fired one shot and hit Cooper in the back of the head. Now, if someone's facing you, it's awful difficult to shoot him in the back of the head. But that's the story. Now, if you read his book, Behold a Pale Horse, he paints a grim picture of our government. Um, people within our government committing treason. <coughs> there are those that said that he was just crazy. Cooper writes about the coming new world order, the plan which the power elite in this country and in the world implementing that'll bring about the uh, global government, the global economy, the global religion. Of course, he was adamantly dead set against this coming global government. Um, behold, a pale horse is a detailed dive into government corruption, secret societies, and conspiracies. He's able to reveal first-hand information based on his career in U.S. naval intelligence about the government's efforts to implement this global system of government, economy, and religion. Now, he offered a lengthy analysis of the state of global events presenting information which he claims is secretly held by the government. And he makes a strong argument that a number of secret societies exist which were organized into a massive secret society in 1953. But there was a secret government. A lot of folks call it the deep state, which controls everything. And it was established shortly after World War II. And he claims the government's trying to eliminate population through various means and goes in further and says that extraterrestrial intelligence life exists, often visits Earth, and our government knows about it. Now, he offers autobiographical information and a plethora of Punitive facts regarding the massive and systematic disinformation campaign that's waged on the public by those in power. He says shortly after World War II, the U.S. government established a secret government that persists into the present time. It's the actual controlling power of global politics and has the single goal of establishing a modified version of Nazi Germany's fascism. Now, they've been secret societies since time began, based on the worship of the biblical Lucifer and the members of these societies seek personal knowledge or illumination, as they call it. Many refer to these people as the Illuminati. After World War II, all these disparate secret societies brought together in a single organizational structure known as the Bilderberg Group. Now, the Bilderberg Group and the secret government have similar goals and strategies and 
Both groups are heavily infiltrated by members of the other group. In fact, Cooper, when I interviewed him on my show years ago, suggested the two groups are in fact the same organization. And he discusses in detail the existence of UFOs and alien life forms. Now realizing that the knowledge would cause widespread panic and based upon the Robertson panel recommendations, the government decided to keep it a secret. Vast networks of bases and entire organizations of personnel were organized to contain the alien situation. And political treaties were signed with alien nations. Supposedly Eisenhower signed one. Now today the secret government is alleged to dominate uh, or try to dominate the alien presence and carry out its secret program of world domination. Now there are those that believe that Bill Cooper went too far in the many allegations against public officials. He denigrates Pope John Paul II as a Nazi poison gas salesman who helped engineer HIV and Deliberately distribute the vaccine, uh, the virus and vaccines. There are those that argue there's evidence supporting that, and there are those that argue that there's no evidence. Now, in the foreword of his book, Behold a Pale Horse, he first mentions seeing a UFO at sea aboard a submarine. Um... And that'd be a re- remarkable, well-documented incident the photos and statements were ever released to the public. Interestingly enough, we're routinely given the impression, until recently, that is, by the government, UFOs don't exist, and the government isn't interested in them, and contrast that with how serious the military takes them, and to make sure no one reveals what they observed. In fact, when I was doing my research, I used to speak at Roswell until Don Smith decided I was uh, not politically on his wavelength. So he insisted my books be taken out of their bookstore, even though since I was out selling him, that I no longer be allowed to speak. Excuse me. And there's a number of, shall we say, bizarre photos. Uh, According to what Cooper said, he saw a flying saucer the size of an aircraft carrier come out of the ocean and fly into the clouds. The uh, the lookouts uh, didn't spot it. They were busy doing something else. So the question becomes, do you report what you've seen, which is your job? But if no one supports you, you'll end up looking like an idiot. And it happened so fast. That. The other two lookouts didn't spot it. Now. He reported what he saw to the other two. One was an instant ball, and the other was a uh, sailor named Geronimo. And they saw the UFO come back down. They called the captain to the bridge. The captain came up on the ladder with the quartermaster on his heels. He had the, the chief quartermaster, uh, Quintero, had the ship's... Uh, 
35 millimeter camera around his neck. And Ball described what he saw to the captain. Called Sonar. Who had reported contact underwater on the same bearing where the UFO went in the ocean. The um, captain called down to the control room where somebody monitored the radar and five of them stood on the bridge gazing out over the sea and the UFO rose back up, turned in the air tilted at an angle and vanished. There was no doubt in uh, Cooper's mind it was a metal machine, intelligently controlled. No lights, no glow. Well, radar reported contact at the same bearing and <coughs> estimated the range at three nautical miles. The craft, they were watching it move toward the general direction they were headed then re-entered the water and, and rose into the clouds over and over again till it vanished for good the whole episode took about 10 minutes before leaving the bridge the captain took the camera and instructed the others not to talk about anything they'd seen he said the incident was classified Yeah. Captain and the chief left the bridge and some ball. Um, pressed the override switch and said, uh, I have the con. Those who witnessed the UFO weren't allowed to go ashore after they got to Pearl Harbor. And even those who were not on duty were not allowed to leave the ship. After about two hours, a commander from the Office of Naval Intelligence came on board and went to the captain's stateroom. And all those who had been on the bridge were called to wait in the passageway outside. <laughs> the captain still alive. Well, the incident was interviewed first. After about ten minutes, he came out. He looked a little shook up, according to Cooper. And then he was next. The commander is holding his service record in his hands. Um, Cooper had gone from the Air Force to the Navy. When he asked why, he said, well, he put off the Navy for fear of being uh, seasick. But he hadn't been seasick yet. And then the uh, commander demanded to know what he saw. He said, I think it was a flying saucer. Well, the response was the commander just had a meltdown. Started screaming and ranting and raving, threatening to put him in the brig for the rest of his life. Well, you know, basically, one thing you learn in the military officers just do not lose control like that, as the commander did. Well, basically that was a little theater for Cooper's benefit. What they wanted him to do was change his story. And uh, being quick on the uptake, that's what he did. He said, uh, 
again. What did you see out there? Cooper said, I didn't see a thing. And then he handed him several pieces of paper that all said the same thing. If he ever talked about what he saw or didn't see, he could be fined up to $10,000 and put in prison for up to 10 years or even both. He'd lose all paying allowances due and, or ever to become due. And he asked Cooper to sign a statement that he understood the laws and regulations he'd heard. And by signing, he agreed to never, ever communicate in any manner any information regarding the incident with anybody. Well, later on, when he was in Vietnam, especially on the DMZ, he saw there was a lot of UFO activity. That individual 24-hour crypto code sheets that uh, they used to encode messages, but because of the danger that one of them could be captured by at any time, they used special code words for sensitive information. And he was told UFOs were definitely sensitive information. In one particular instance, all the people of an entire village vanished after UFOs were seen hovering above their huts. And it came out that both sides, ours and the VC, had fired on the UFOs and had blasted back with a mysterious blue light. And there were rumors uh, floating around that UFOs had actually kidnapped, mutilated two soldiers. And dropped them in the bush. Nobody knew if this was true or not, but the fact the rumors persisted seemed to indicate there was something to the matter. Later on, Cooper said he found out those rumors were true. Well, it might... I know there was some question about how he had access to some of the information, but he claimed to have top-secret Q clearance and Later on, got an upgraded clearance in the crypto category that served as a designated uh, speakhead operator. Went on watch at the command center. He said uh, one day he learned uh, Officer Naval Intelligence participated in the assassination of President Kennedy. And he was, in fact, a Secret Service agent driving a limo that shot Kennedy in the head. Well, I was given a video to watch when I was in California. And it very clearly showed the limo driver turn around and raise a gun and then shoot Kennedy in the head. Now, was it a uh, CGI? I don't know. Uh, supposedly, it was a uh, air gun with a dart that was contained shellfish poison. Now, some folks, based on this uh, allegation by Cooper, dismissed him as a kook. But as I said, there is a film of the assassination called the Zapruder film that many claim documents this. The um, house where I was staying at the time Someone came in and took the uh, the video. I'd say video was a VHS. According to Cooper, Kennedy was assassinated because he was about to reveal that extraterrestrials were in the process of taking over the Earth. According to a top-secret video of the assassination, Cooper claimed to have discovered the driver of the presidential limo, whose name was William Greer, used a gas pressure device developed by aliens from the Trilateral Commission shoot the president from the driver's seat. The Zapruder film does show Greer twice turning to look into the back seat. According to Cooper, the first turn was to assess Kennedy's status after the ex external attack and then the second one to fire the fatal shot. So I recommend getting after you buy my book. You get a copy of Behold a Pale Horse. 
Conspiracy theories implicating Greer supposedly snowballed after publication of Behold a Pale Horse. In Cooper's video purporting to prove his theories analyzed by several TV stations. According to one source, it was found to be uh, poor quality fake using chunks of the Zapruder film. Well, according to the Zapruder film, which was a silent color motion picture sequence shot by a man by the name of Abraham Zapruder with a home vi uh, movie camera, as President Kennedy's motorcade passed through Dealey Plaza, uh, he unexpectedly captured the president's assassination. And although it's not the only film of the shooting, it's been called the most complete, giving a relatively clear view from an elevated position on the side of which the president's head wound is visible. It was considered an important part of the Warren Commission hearings and our subsequent investigation of the assassination. It's one of the most studied pieces of film in history, actually. Of greatest notoriety is the film's capture of the fatal shot to President Kennedy's head when his presidential limo is almost exactly in front of and slightly below Zapruder's position. He stood on a concrete pedestal along Elm Street in Dealey Plaza, had an IN Model 414 PD Bell and Howell Zoomatic Director Series camera. After Secret Service agent Forrest Sorrells promised Zapruder to film would only be used for an official investigation, the two men sought to develop the footage as soon as possible. TV stations, WFA equipment uh, was incompatible with the format. Eastman Kodak's uh, Dallas Film Processing Facility developed the film, and Jameson Film Company produced three copies. Zapruder gave two copies to the Secret Service. Morning on November 23rd, CBS lost the bidding for the footage to Life Magazine's $150,000 offer. Dan Rather was the first to report on the footage in national TV after he saw it, although the inaccuracies in his description would uh, support many conspiracy theories over the years. Volume 18, the Warren Commission hearing uh, reproduced 100, uh, 158 frames of the Zapruder film in black and white. But frames 2000, uh, 208 to 211 are missing. And there was a splice visible in frames 207 and 212. And frames 314 and 315 were switched. And frame 284 is a repeat of 283. According to FBI, uh, J. Edgar Hoover wrote in 1965 that uh, frames 314 and 315 were switched due to a printing error, and that the error didn't exist in the original Warren Commission exhibits. Um, in early 1967, Life magazine released a statement that four frames of the camera's original, 208 to 211, had been accidentally destroyed. And Adjacent frames damaged by a life photo to lab technician November 23rd. Well, according to Holland and Rush, Zapruder temporarily stopped filming at frame 132. When he resumed filming, frame 133 already shows the president's motorcade in view. If you doubt the information provided by Cooper on the assassination, uh, why was he forced off the road twice by a black limo and left for dead? He didn't make it all up. Now in chapter one of Pale Horse, there's a document entitled Top Secret Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars. Introductory Programming Manual. Operations Research Technical Manual, TMSW 7905.1. Now, Cooper retitles the document, The Illuminati's Declaration of War on the People of America. It's dated May of 1979. According to Cooper, 
The doctor was found inside a used photocopy machine. Purchased his surplus property in 1986. According to Cooper, that document exclusively demonstrates a reputed Third World War commenced 1954. According to Cooper, that war, it's uh, the Bilderberg Group against the governments of the world. And they use a method of warfare known as quiet war. Their methods are information, disinformation, and control instead of traditional explosives. Well, it's interesting that something like this was abandoned. It is an amazing document, according to Cooper. I read top secret documents which explain the silent weapons for quiet wars is a doctrine adopted by the policy committee of the Bilderberg Group during its first meet, known meeting in 1954. And a copy found in 1969 was in the possession of naval intelligence. And a document dated May 1979 is found on July 7, 1986. And an IBM copy had been purchased at a surplus sale. Now, a lot of government machinery, when it's outlived its usefulness, is sold off. He never explained if he bought the copy or somebody else found it and he got it. Although this line at the beginning of the manuscript is a clue to its origin, copy furnished by Mr. Tom Young, um... There are those that believe that he may have actually borrowed this copy from the files of the Office of Naval Intelligence. And higher ranks than his have delved into the, the records of uh, organizations they've uh, been involved with. Now, was Naval Intelligence investigating the document as a threat to our country? They were trying to figure out how to eventually adapt to it. Well, the original title of this document makes it appear to be a government handbook for adapting to the New World Order. Rather than investigation into the Bilderbergers, as uh, Cooper has suggested to many folks, is this a threat coming from outside the U.S.? Directed at us from all or part of our own government. Well, Cooper's 1991 publication was not the first SWFQW publishing event. The original America's Promise newsletter of November 1986 stated the, uh, the copy machine was bought at auction in McCord Air Force Base. It's located at Fort Lewis in Washington State by a Boeing employee named Tom Young and then passed on to Bill Cooper. Now, Cooper might have also read... SWFQW and the Naval Intelligence Majority 12 file. Delamar Deveris of the American Sunbeam made a similar claim. And the original author, Hartford Van Dyke, has stated he originally had to keep a low profile because of the government, and so he published it anonymously. He said, SW. <laughs> Excuse me. SWFQW is a collage and overlay and paste up of the works and words of many authors. He said, I was in the, an author and in a sense I compiled and linked the gems of other authors. The book is not a hoax. Wassily Leontief provided the content of uh, SWFQW by his article in the September 1980 issue of Scientific Medicine. Now, Leontief was the father of the silent weapon system was given a 1973 uh, Nobel Prize in Economics long after his creation in 1948. 1965, the, uh, it was recognized by the elite to be a weapon. Years passing don't change the invariant truths of science, not even of economic science. The elite was never fully named. And it's not really necessary to name them specifically. They're always among us.
Now, the Science Weapons of Quiet Wars document makes very interesting reading. It's headed an introductory programming manual operations research, technical manual. And it begins silent weapon technologies evolved from operations research. Strategic and tactical methodology developed under the military management of Eisenhower in England during World War II. Original purpose of operations research was to study the strategic and tactical problems of air and land defense with the objective of effective use of limited military resources against foreign enemies. I mean, no question about it, the document makes fascinating reading. And it says economic amplifiers are the active components of economic engineering. The basic characteristic of any amplifier, be it mechanical, electrical, or economic, is it receives an input control signal and delivers energy from an independent energy source to a specific output terminal in a predictable relationship to that input control signal. Well, it lays out how information is collected. Social contacts, paper trail, checking accounts, credit card purchases. Uh, it, is, it establishes a, a format for gathering information on everybody. It talks about government sources that can be used for intimidation. IRS, OSHA's, Census, surveilling the U.S. mail, um, establishing the habits of the target. Well, on that note, we've come to the end of today's show. Got this form of information, and I have time remaining to to disperse it. We'll be talking more about. Um, Bill Cooper, and Behold a Pale Horse, and some of its revelations in our next show. Until then, have a truly great evening.